0: I don't know if you want to call this a coincidence, but about thirty minutes ago, as I am editing today's episode, which, as you will hear, it is talking also about relationships between parents and kids, I get a message from Rabbi Liel that this morning Bar Hashemi had a baby girl, mazel tov, mazal tov to him. So, yup, today we're going to be talking about relationships. I'm Istraili You are listening to the Foundations Podcast.
1: Okay, good morning, Yisrael. Uh Welcome to the new episode. Um, this one is, you know, till now was pretty intense, you know, talking about very hard and deep concepts, trying to make them, you know, closer to us, to understand them more. And obviously, like we mentioned many times, there's a lot more work to do there. And uh, this episode, we will talk about love. Love and relationships. So this is, uh, you know, we're, we took a break on the on the intense series, and we're going to go a little bit, you know, talk on very B- essential things. A bit of things. a vacation. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's not that love and relationships is not serious, but... Yeah,
1: it is. But it's out of the series, out of the intense Emunah series. It's more, I I think, very important things for us to know hashkafakli. What does the Torah say about love and relationship, so we're going to start breaking it down slowly, slowly. And obviously, you have to start, Israel. Right? You have to start with defining love. Let's let's get on the definitions over here, clear, because again, um, I think we everyone should be very big into definitions. You should define words well, um, just for the sake of conversation. When you're having conversation, you want to give over a point, and you're not on the same page. Similarly to what we spoke about, God, if your your definition is totally off. So there's no conversation going on. So in love is also one of those words that everyone has these, you know, different semantics people play to take the word love to so many areas, to so many places. So let's try to see if we can, you know, narrow it down. And Yisrael, what 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 how would you What's the definition of the word love? Ahava.
0: I would say that the word love means a connection between two people or I mean not specifically people. I think the like there has to be at least one heart involved. One so, heart, there must yeah. be
1: there's like no you, love you, you between have between
0: love between a chair and a table. You could have love between a person and a table, or not even a person, just even like animal, like two animals mm-hmm. could could love each other. A animal could love. So what what makes that know, magical love? That love, a specific, you know, you have a dog that loves a specific toy or something. So there has to be at least one uh, life involved, but uh, it's basically a deep connection
1: between two things. But um, when you're saying there must be a heart there, um, so how do you do that love? Like, meaning just having a heart? What, ha- what has happened between those two two things?
0: Yeah, that they're uh, deeply connected.
1: Oh, very good. So you mean when you have two, that's precisely what um, what we, we want to say here. The definition of love, love as itself means, like you said before, connection. Love is connection. Ahava is a connection, but between two separate entities, between two separate things. Okay? When you have two separate things, right? Two humans, a human and a car, you know, anything, basically that we say that we love, like we're going to talk about it, we're going to try to use different phrases soon and explain it more. But when you have a connection between two separate things, that will be love. I, You know, people throw out their love is, even if you look it up in Google, you'll tell you love is very deep, you know, more or less the deep, intense connection or intense feelings towards each other. So I'm trying to avoid feelings a little bit over here. I don't want to use the word feeling so much. Let's use more um, connection, the word connection between two separate things. I once heard someone saying, what is love? And he said, love is eternity. That's not gonna, you're, 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 you're not getting to the point. The point, the, precisely when we use I love, is when you're describing two things that are separate, that are connected.
0: What if someone says, I love myself?
1: Very good. Okay, so we're going to get to the five categories soon of love. But before we get to that, let's use some Common examples, let's start from the simple examples. Let's say when a guy says, I love my car. Love my car. I love fish, right? I love this type of food. I love sushi. Right? People use that. I mean, you don't. I do not like sushi. You don't like sushi. Uh, Not a fan. Shame on you. How can you not love sushi? I get that a lot. I get that a lot. People
0: (laughs) do not like when I say... That I don't like sushi oh, yeah, yeah. for some reason. In today's society. Like, yeah. It's like most people, they don't oh, I like sushi. And you know, if okay. I say I don't like pizza, I'm like, oh okay, he doesn't like pizza. Uh, <laughs> I don't like uh Coke. Oh, okay, he doesn't like Coke. I mean Coke also, there's some big fans out there. <gasps>
1: yeah, how dare you but, say I, that. I do, I do. I'm oh, saying good. If,
0: if someone says but sushi, no, 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 no. <laughs> the sushi fans they'll they'll come after you. I mean I say I don't like sushi, there's at least one or two people around That are going to, whoa, you do, 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 and like, oh, you know.
1: (laughs) You never tried it. No, not that one. Not (laughs) that sushi. But anyways, when you say, I love sushi, I love something. Let's pick, I love my car. So how are you using that? What is the two separate things? So there is you. There is the car. And now you and the car are connected in some way. We need to speak about that. You and the car are connected. So then you can use the word, I love, Right. We're going to start with uh, with that because I mentioned I love fish and sushi. Um, I I would mention it a little bit later, but uh, I'll mention it now. Uh, we'll start with this. It was, I think, the story is with the Kutskerebe. So don't catch me wrong because there's two stories with the Kutskerebe. One is not related. I'll say it anyways, you know, why not? Why not? Now it's Shabbos. Uh, We're yeah. recording this today, Friday, just to, you know.
0: We're recording it Friday. We're going to be releasing it on Thursday. So it's also Becheskas, Erev Shabbos. <laughs> right, right. Erev so, Shabbos. So it's
1: going to be close to Shabbos. So I'm going to say an unrelated story from the Kotzke Rebbe and more related. But the second, the, the related one, um, I hope it's the Kotzke Rebbe, but let's hope. So the first story is there was a Talmud of the Kotzke Rebbe sitting next to him and eating all the good food that was on the table is enjoying himself. And every second he was saying, every other second, he was, between every bite, he was like, <speaking in the language> And he's eating and eating, enjoying himself. So the Kotzke turns to him, he tells him, quietly, well, he tells him, listen, you shouldn't say L'Kuvit <speaking> is <in the language> you said your boich. Boich in Yiddish <the language> means your stomach. your <speaking in the language> stomach. So, don't play games over here eating a COVID Shabbos. He saw he was eating for his stomach and not for Shabbos. So that's kind of related to our topic, but let's go to the more related. And I hope this story is by the Kotzke Rebbe. Similar story. This guy sitting, he was eating fish, let's say salmon. He was eating a nice good salmon. And he says, oh, I love this fish. So he told him, you love the fish? If you love the fish, you wouldn't go to the ocean, take it out of the water, smash it in its head and kill it, skin it off, put it in the pot, boiling hot water, and take it, cut it into pieces, and eat it if you would love that fish. You don't love the fish. You love your stomach. You love the taste, right? You love yourself. And now it sounds like a nice story and a joke, but there's something very deep in this idea, and that's what I want to bring when we're talking about love. Let's pay very close attention that, you know, with the fit, when you say, I love the fish, I'm connected, you're not connected to the fish itself, you're connected to your stomach. Let's take the kotzkareb as you love your boich, right? You like your stomach. So, what does it mean you love your stomach? You and your stomach, which are Two separate things for now, like at least your thoughts or your do your deeds and your stomach with the process of eating are to separate. And now you're connected to it. You're connecting to it. You're eating, you're enjoying it. You're mamash connected. Or your car, let's say. I love your car. Or you know, let's say a guy has a dog. Um, so ask the guy that bought the that 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 has a dog, ask him, you know, you bought the dog how long ago? A year ago, good. A year ago, when you bought your dog. Did you like your dog? Did you love your dog? He says, yeah, I liked him. He was cute. I saw him. He was cute. And now, a year later, where do you think you, you're more connected? You love your dog more? A year ago or now?
0: Of course, now.
1: Why? What changed? Taking
0: care of it, feeding it, playing with it. That, I mean, I guess the connection got deeper and deeper.
1: Oh, very good. And this leads us I mean, sorry for using the example of a dog. We're going to talk about humans, but I just, you know, it's true to car. One step at a so, time. One step at a time. Yeah. <laughs> it's true to car when a guy buys a Ferrari, right? And he loves it so much. He's like so into it. And when he bought it, he likes it, right? He's he's somewhat connected to it in first glance. But a year later, after he bought it, uh, lights and then a new exhaust and he took care of it and it went through. A, accident and he was in the shop for several days taking care of his car. He obviously is more connected to his car a year later. Um not talking about not going into the concept that people are sick of, you know, materialistic things it slowly, slowly wears off. That's besides, but I'm talking about the connection, how much you are connected to this uh object. So um yeah, so what changed? And here we come to the big yisod. Again, okay, we're gonna spell out the the yisod right now of the shear of love. This is a very famous Rav Dessler. Rav Dessler, it's worth to see the whole piece over there. But we're gonna take just a little chunk from the Rav Dessler. Rav Dessler says one of the biggest lines I heard in my life. Mamash. And remember this, everyone. I mean, this is like stuck in my brain forever because it it, it helps you understand so many things around the world. It just gives clarity. One of those lines that gives you clarity of things around you. You ready? Three words. Giving creates love. Netina molida ahava. Giving creates love says, Rav Dessler, okay, so love is, we said, a connection between two different entities, right? But how do you make a connection between, between two separate things? Two separate things are two separate things. They're not one thing. When I see one thing, when I see one thing, I know it's it's connected. I mean, it's, a, it's one piece, right? But when I see two separate things, they're inevitably two things. They're not connected. And we're saying love is when two things are connected. So what is connecting them? What is connecting the two? I'm not not asking technically. I'm asking obviously what is the general idea that connects to what could bring two things together? And says Rav Dessler, only giving. When you give, when you're going and doing the action of giving towards the other thing that's separate of you, it's going to make a connection between you two. So again, let's go to the simple, simple. I'm I, I'm purposely not getting into humans yet, right? But I just want to explain it on a very low level of objects, or like we said, the dog. You know what changed between when he bought the dog or bought his car to a year later? What changed is giving. He was giving, right? He had to. He was taking care of his dog. He was feeding it. And one time he got sick, and he had to. And he takes him on a walk and whatever he does with him, whatever. I was once in Walmart in upstate upstate New York, and there was a lady in the line behind me with a cart full of dog food and dog stuff, and she was talking to another guy that probably she knows from a neighborhood, and she was telling him how much she was up the whole night because she had five baby dogs. And... I mean, Baruch Hashem that we put our kochos into la <laughs> havdil, raising children. look how much kochos that lady was. I don't know why I'm picking on the dog example today, but that's what came up. But deep um, down,
0: Rebbe loves dogs.
1: Maybe she got one. I mean, no, 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 thank you. Um, I like. I grew up actually with chickens and ducks and with a lot of animals. Yeah, but Kosher animals. Kosher here, animals. Here in, Erz in Harnof, yeah, even also in Texas. When I was a uh, I was born in Houston Texas, and came here when I was six years old so even in Texas we had chickens and uh and you know birds and stuff and after we moved here we also had ducks chickens you know didn't grow up in a farm but we had like a nice garden and we used to have any type of, you know, bunny rabbits, uh, curdles, you know, If You grow up in it. Even if after you make
0: a liyah, no matter where you live, like you'll make sure to have a nice small farm in the backyard. You just kind of got rid of it. <laughs> exactly. I saw Bachar and Yeshiva Yaakov uh, Green Green, and Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Born in Texas, grew here, his whole backyard. Real Texan. and dogs yeah. and birds and.
1: Right. I, you don't have the, the action. You don't stay with the action, but yeah. But with the animals, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Got a big truck outside.
1: So anyways. Got so six-pack
0: yeah. of beer in the fridge. <laughs> got a country music playing in the background. We're good to go.
1: <laughs> some cowboy hats and boots. Um, Yeah. So back to the dogs. Yeah. So that's how we got to the discussion. Yeah. Talk about animals. So when you see people are so connected to their animals, it's because they're giving them. Yes. That explains why a year later, what, because you invested a lot more into it. That giving created love. Giving creates love. Same thing with the car, right? Once you, when you bought it, you're like somewhat know it, you know, you liked it. But after you invested so much into it, you suddenly become more connected to it. Giving creates love.
0: But what if, you know, sometimes that's, you know, people call it love at first sight. You know, you walk past this car shop and you see a car, like, oh my gosh, I need that in my life. That car is, a, I love that car. I need to get it right now. Like, uh, what, what, what happens here? It's like it's not really love.
1: Yeah. So about love and first sight, or like the word, the phrase, falling in love. It's absolutely ridiculous. There's, there's nothing into it because if you're saying love is a connection between the two, so again, maybe. What happened in that first glance? What is it? What just happened? Did you give anything? Why are you connected to this person? In what way are you connected? You know what you're connected to? You might be connected to, to your own desires. Oh, you like it. You like that car. You like those looks. Right? So you're not connected to the person or to the car or, or anything, to the other entity. New nope. You're connected to your own desires. Yeah, that we know. People are very well connected to their own desires because they're, they're filling them up. They do it. You know, once you, again, if you invest in the wrong things, we're saying also that if you invest, and we're not talking so much right or wrong, we're just saying a clown Rev. Dessler is saying a clown That if you invest in something, you'll be connected to it. Right? If you go, you get a new job, right? And you work in this in this company, and you're like, so you know, you you know, you're just doing it to get your paycheck and get out of there, right? You won't be really connected to the work, okay? Because you're not really giving there. You just want to, you know, take and get out of there. But once you're gonna go to that job and you're gonna do the beyond, right? You're gonna put all your, you put your extra time into there. You really care about the place. You even tell your friends about it, like you know, you should join this. Uh, this company that I'm working in, they're so amazing, and you're so into it, you're putting the extra effort over there, you're giving more than, you're not there just to take, then you're going to love your job more. Yes, believe it or not, you will. You will. Even if it's something that to begin with wasn't your most exciting thing in life, I'm sure a lot of people will relate to what I'm saying now. Even if it was not your biggest love or dream job, but once you did the job, you got into it and you started, you know, giving, really, really investing into it, you're going to start connecting more to it.
0: But what if you work in the job? Like you said, you're not into it, whatever. I'm just here to get a paycheck and leave. But part of the job is obviously giving to the company in whatever way, whatever the job is. So you're giving to the company. You're not giving because you care about the company. You're just because you want to get a paycheck at the end of the month. But at the end of the day, you're getting from the company the money, and you're giving to the company whatever that company needs from you. So you're
1: giving and getting. So is there love between you and the company? That's what I'm saying. It's it, it, there's so many levels in it. If he is at the end of the day giving, yes, I would say I there mean, would at be some job connection. You're giving. Any if job. wouldn't
0: be giving to the company. They would like right. are they paying? Right.
1: You? So that's what I'm saying. It will be on a very low level. Very, very low level. But I'm saying, obviously, will grow. You understand that if you're going to put more into it, your heart, again, yeah, when the no, guy's I, coming. I
0: understand. But question is, does this giving and getting, does it need to come from a place of I want to give? Or even if I'm just giving because I need to give and I don't have any other choice. So does that also create love? Or it's just the only type of giving that creates love is giving that I want, giving that I want to give you.
1: Right, right. It's a good question. Very good question. But I think it goes hand in hand, and it's good you ask that question because it's going to even add a, another point to what we're trying to explain here. Yes, at the end of the day, I think even giving, no matter what, just from the act of giving, not that I think, I mean, that's, where, that's what says. Just from the act of giving, that creates a connection. Okay, that's kind of a like a, a law. Let's put it that way. But, like, when you're bringing an example of someone that he's he doesn't really want to give, like, he's forced to give. So, obviously, imagine, I'm just going to bring in a jump straight into an example of a guy giving tzedakah, right? You're walking by the shopping center and you see a poor man sitting there on the floor, right? There's many ways of giving tzedakah, right? You can take the ten shekel and you just throw it at him, right? You're like, yeah, take that. You're barely paying attention to it. Or you're giving it to him, the opposite And smile and say, how are you? How's everything? And you give it to him, right? So look, obviously you gave a lot more in there when you gave this. It's not only about the ten shekel that you're giving. It's the ten shekel. It's the smile. It's the look. It's the attention. It's, you know, talking to him, being interested in him. There's so much more in the giving there. Again, giving is not only objects. We're going to talk more about that. But giving is not necessarily Physical things, we're going to see there's going to be a lot, when we jump into the five categories, we're going to see there's a lot of types of giving, sometimes taking as a giving. We're going to talk all about that later. So yes, when you're giving something and you're like forced to do that, so there's barely any giving there. You understand? Because the other side is feeling that you don't really want to do it. So there's just that physical thing, it's barely... You know what? Maybe it's even almost counted as nothing similar to I love the fish. You don't really love the fish. Come on. You don't love the guy. You're not giving him Ted shekel because you love him. It's because like, you know, peer pressure, whatever example you'll bring that he's giving and he doesn't really want to give. So somewhat, if there is some giving there at the end of the day, so it will work. If not, not. Okay? If there's tiny bit of giving there, so there'll be tiny bit of connection. And like the example with the Sadaka, if you give, not only just give that physical money, you give it all your heart and everything. So it obviously increases and grows and grows and grows. That's the magical thing about giving creates love. It's it's like a chokteva. It's like it happens. It just happens. It's logic. Let's go back to the example of the car or the dog, or whatever. So the guy loves his car, right? He's connected to his car, and he invested so much into it. He's giving to the car, right? Not that the car is like can answer back or anything, but at the end of the day, don't forget that the car is giving back to him as well, just by riding it, the pride, the, the look, all the respect he's getting from his friends, whatever the car is giving him, right? I mean, that's what a car is meant for, no? To get from point A to point B. That's... So as far as my concern, yeah, that's the use of a car. But some people use a car for a lot more than that. Sorry for bringing all these, um, you know, maybe not ideal, uh, you know, I'm not saying to buy a Ferrari and uh, show off. That's not the intention of this year. I was just bringing it for the sake of example. But you see, this the car is giving back to him. Car is giving back. So over there, you have two ways. But tell me. Can you have a relationship uh, with a wall? And he always brought an example. is like nothing. The wall doesn't talk. He does nothing. Right? That's yeah, a wall. Nothing. And, no, and nothing will happen. I mean, this wall does do something
0: with the sound <laughs> and the studio. Maybe, you're right. Right. So, so. But I'm not giving anything to the wall.
1: What are you giving it to? It? I'm yeah.
0: giving it sound to eat because it observes the sound.
1: It's good. No, it doesn't we'll need any. It'll be fine without me. No? It'll be fine without us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Soon we will jump into uh more specifics. Like when we talk about marriage, obviously we're gonna say that if a person marries uh, you know, a wife or a husband, it goes either way, that they're super selfish. They're just very selfish people. Right? If both of them are selfish, it's not working, right? The only way it could work if they're both giving to each other, right? But if one is like, again, you need to find an example like that. But if one is like, is giving, he's a normal giver. And the other one is momish, a bad person with bad meat, super selfish. It's not going to work. I guarantee. I don't guarantee this. Reb Destler guarantees that only giving creates love. and And like you said, Israel, the simple answer is it has to work both ways, obviously. Giving creates love, and love is a connection between two entities, two different things, two separate things. But then, when one thing goes away, so there's absolutely no connection, there's no chance for them to be connected, right? Obviously, if two, both of them are not going towards each other. So with that said, that giving creates love, we can start diving slowly, slowly into these five categories of relationships. we're going to break it down into five categories of relationship that you'll be busy in your life. Okay? It will be, you know, there's a lot of relationships in the world. But all of them, will um, we're going to try to bring them in into five categories and we're going to go into each and one of them. So I'd like you to take your hands, you listeners, even if you're in the middle of the street. I know it's very awkward. But take your hand, right? Take your hand, open it, have like the five, right? And have your thumb going upwards, and your pinky will be down, meaning the inside of your hand is towards your face, okay? So you have the thumb up, and you have the pinky down. So once you have your hand like this, we're going to go through all of the different categories. So the five categories of relationships that you're going to be busy in your life is, you know, starting with the thumb on the top, is a relationship between you and and God, and your Creator. That's one relationship. You're going to be very involved in your life, right? All the Torah and mitzvahs that you're doing all have to do with the relationship between you and Hashem. And we're going to explain soon how to do it. And the second category is between you and your wife or you and your husband, you know, to your spouse, a relationship between husband and wife. And um, the third category will be the relationship between you, in your parents and children. And I'm putting them in the same category. I'll explain a little bit later why. But it's all in the same category. Parents, relationship between you and your parents and your children. That's the third category we're going to speak about. And the fourth one is relationship between you and your surroundings, right? It includes neighbors, colleagues in work, friends that you know. But all the people around you, that surround you, that are part of your life, right? And that's a category of its own. and the one on the bottom, the fifth category, the pinky and and are I'm, I'm using I you can't see but I'm using my hand this whole time. Um, the fifth one is a relationship between you and yourself, which is a category in its own and we're going to explain that why do I put it all over here on the bottom because all of the other relationships stand on this relationship. Without a relationship between you and yourself, you won't have a relationship between you and your surrounding, you and your parents and children, you and your spouse, and you and your Creator. So the thumb is the first category of relationship we have that a human has in this world, is between him, a human, and his Creator. Hashem created you, and your relationship with Him is the first category, the most important category in the whole entire you universe have to
0: have a relationship with your creator.
1: Yes. Otherwise, like Rav Shimshim Pinka says, you're dead meat. You're just uh, uh, he says dead meat or you're just a piece of meat. Right? Again, this is after you listen to all the episodes and you Go back if you didn't listen to all the episodes and listen to defining God and all these stuff and learn the whole emuna. It's obviously after you understand what is God and believe, know what the Torah is, etc., right? So that's when you could um you could start having the relationship. Right? You obviously cannot have a relationship with Hashem if you don't know what is Hashem, right? How can you have a relationship if you don't recognize God? So obviously, after a person recognizes God, he appreciates that he is—he was created. The first relationship that you have, the most important relationship, is from your Creator, because without your Creator, you wouldn't be created. Wow, how obvious was that, right? So you need to have—it's not only enough just to know that you were created. You need to have a relationship. Now, how do you have a relationship with Hashem? Hashem. We're going to say a few questions over here, but first of all, Hashem is the Creator, Imam of creation, and like we defined it in the first episode, right? Uh, obviously, um, we we can we can never see Hashem or physically, right? We only can understand Hashem, but physically, even Moshe Rabbeinu, he, he it's described as seeing the back of Hashem, meaning he got to the highest level of connection to Hashem, the closest. Uh, you could in this world of, he was the, he got to the highest, Moshe Rabbeinu, it was in the highest form of prophecy. So prophecy is kind of the closest way of seeing Hashem, but it's not seeing obviously in a physical fashion. Obviously, if you know what's the definition of God, it never could be. So the simple question, it's a very simple question. I'm not asking any deep question over here. It's so hard to have a relationship with with Hashem. Because it's uh, with a physical thing. Okay, it's easy. I see it. I connect to it. And the, but how do you connect to Hashem? So obviously, obviously it goes without saying. Even before I, I get to the deeper part of the answer, obviously it goes without saying what I just said, and I'm going to repeat myself. You need to get to know Hashem more. You have to know Hashem, and how do you know Hashem? As you first of all investigate and understanding Hashem and see what we have in in Judaism, in the Masorah and everything that happened to us, between us and Hashem, starting from Avram Avinu, or even Adam Arisha, but starting in every, all the giluim that we had, all the revelations that we had from Hashem, and, and the biggest revelation, which was the Torah in Mount Sinai, right? That's how you get to know what is Hashem, who is Hashem. You get Gimel Midos, right? Hashem has Midos, the way... He acts Kavyochal, quote unquote, and then you can start talking about a relationship. Now, um, there is a mitzvah in the Torah that says, Ve
0: es es
1: So we have a commandment. It's a, one of the six mitzvahs, one of the six constant mitzvahs, is to love Hashem. When you love Hashem, you're actually doing a commandment. You're you're a mitzvah. You hear that? You love Hashem. You're doing a mitzvah right there and then. One of the six constant mitzvahs. The question I wanted to ask on Has Hashem al Kecha, we have a commandment to love Hashem. In 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 very again, I'm asking simple questions today. It seems to be like very strange. How could love sounds to us, especially today in, in how far the Western culture got to that love is just like, you know, it just comes. It's just like this kind of feeling that comes. So if it's a feeling that comes, so how can I love God? Like, how could God commit, command me to love Him? Isn't love supposed to just be like spontaneous? Yeah. It's like, if I love it, I love it. I don't love it, I don't love it. How do you, how can Hashem command us to love? Like, if I love, if I connect to it, so I love it. But imagine, Israel, I come to you again. I'm, I'm just doing this comparison. It's Lahavdil, right? Obviously, exactly the opposite. And I'm just one. I'm asking a very simple question, so we understand it better. I walk to a, street, to a guy in the street and I say, "You better be my friend right now, or you're gonna get punished." You obviously understand that doesn't make sense because love kind of needs to come from us, right? So how could I, how could Hashem make a commandment of loving Him? It needs to be something that's built up. How could it be a commandment? Good question, no? Yep. You shall love Hashem. Coming from Hashem. love is something that needs to just come from us. The answer is, continue the Pasuk. What does the Pasuk say after? Everyone should know this because we say this two or three times a day. <laughs> hmm. What is with all of your heart, <laughs> with
0: all
1: of your soul, <laughs> even if even you'll someone wants to kill you, you're gonna still love Hashem, right? It's referring to the Avodas Rabbis and Shvichuz Damim, right? That you would die also for these values. All, with
0: everything you have,
1: everything you have exactly your money, your everything right, anything you own. So here in the pasuk, we have if we bring in the thought of Rav Dessler that we had before, yeah. Now we can understand. Love is not according to Rav Dessler. Right, we learned love is not just this feeling that comes. Oh, I see this uh, this person, this friend. Boom, we're BFFs, uh, we're best friends forever. Yeah, I love you. No, it doesn't work that way. Only if you gave, if there was giving involved there, right? Then you're gonna love. We're saying a big things, big things soon in the second category when we talk about husband and wife. You're gonna see it's gonna be whoa, this will be a mind-boggling concept from Rav Dessler. Rav is saying, yes, yes. There's no just love that comes. Only giving creates the love. See where this is going? So now let's go back to Vav, Hashem Elokecha." You know how you loved God? You know how would you do the commandment of loving God? If you, b'chol nafracha, b'chol if you're putting your soul, you're giving Hashem, your, your your everything, your thoughts, all your wills, you're giving you're doing it towards God's will. You're giving your you're willing to give your own life to God. Just by willing to give you're willing to give anything you own because you appreciate what that Hashem gave it to you, and you're willing to do that? You're giving Hashem. You're giving your time, you're willing to give up your time. Everything. You're giving to you will you're willing to give up everything for Hashem, if you're on such a high level of giving, then, then you could make the commandment of loving God. Because you will love God because you gave God. And giving creates love. Now, obviously, I mean, obviously everyone will have the question, but, but God doesn't need it. Again, go back to the first episode. Sorry for referencing it so much. And the second one, sorry, more of the second episode of the purpose of creation of uh, that we explain. Obviously, God doesn't need it, need, need as us because he's not human. Humans, they need. But when we we could still give God, and um, that's it's still not that God needs it. To more further explanation, go back to there.
0: Hey, everyone. I'm interrupting this wonderful conversation to let you know about a fantastic, one-of-a-kind book that Archgol has recently published titled, On the shoulders of giants, Rabbi Shmuel Bloom, who was involved in leadership positions in Agodis Yisrael for over five decades, takes us behind the scenes to gain a unique understanding of Das Torah in all its glory. Rabbi Bloom met with Gedoli Israel at Moetz's Gedoli HaTorah and in quiet, urgent conferences. He chatted with them in cars and on Shabbos afternoons at conventions. He shares with us stories, many of them not widely known, of generations of greatness, from the Chafetz Chaim to Rev. Aaron Cutler and Reb Meisha Feinstein, from the Ger Rebis and Reb Aaron Steinman to Rev. Don Segal and dozens and dozens more. We also meet the Jewish people's Askanim. We are amazed by first-handed stories of Mike Tress and, of course, the incomparable Reb Meisha Sher in his years in Agoda, Rabbi Blum also met with the highest echelons of the U.S. government, and he shares his behind-the-scenes understanding of great political events and movements. It is a book you definitely should not miss. Get a copy today at archgirl.com, Amazon, or at your local Jewish bookstore. On the Shoulders of Giants by Rabbi Shmuel Blum. Get your copy today. I would also like to let you know that every few weeks throughout the Back to Basics program, we are going to have a Q&A with Rabbi Liel Shalom. So if you have any questions or just want to get a little bit more clarity, send us your question to jewishfoundations at gmail.com. That is jewishfoundations at gmail.com. Every Q&A, we are going to give away one free copy of the amazing book On the Shoulders of Giants. So send us your question to jewishfoundations at gmail.com for a chance to win the amazing book On the Shoulders of Giants. And now let's get back to the
1: show. So, now according to Rev Dessler, now you can understand this whole commandment. How could Hashem command you to do that? Well, giving creates love. When you are busy your whole entire life giving to Hashem, giving your soul, giving your money, giving any, you're willing to give your whole entire life to Hashem, right? So giving creates love. Mimele, you're going to uh, automatically, you will... Be connected to Hashem. You will have that relationship with Hashem because you are giving. And, and and I dare to say this, because of rav Dessler, meaning I'm saying in my words, but also rav Dessler says this, you cannot have a relationship with Hashem without giving. That goes without saying. If a guy says, you know, I'm, I'm religious in, in my heart. I need a tibalev. I'm in the heart. Yeah, I believe, I believe. And he's not taking action. He's not actually... Doing any giving, any real giving. Again, maybe maybe just saying, I need that tibalev is some sort of it's, it's, giving. It's obviously, but I, mean, it's I very, think
0: it's, it's very great because it's mekayim v'avtas Hashem u'likecha but what's with bechol nafshecha bechol
1: Right, right. So I don't want to go, I, again, I don't I know, know.
0: Obviously, it's better than someone who's like, nah, I don't care about God.
1: 100%. Now, how do we know that Hashem loves us? That he has that the relation. Remember, you mentioned before that relation needs to be both sides. How do we know that Hashem loves us?
0: The fact that you're alive.
1: Exactly, Hashem is inevitably giving to us. He, everything is giving. It started from giving by creating us. He gave us everything. Everything. You can. I cannot overemphasize this. Right. Everything, from beginning to end, the whole opportunity, the whole. Beginning point he gave us. So that's why we say with a lot of confidence, Hashem loves you. you know, Ari Goldberg even has a song in it. Hashem loves you, right? Hashem loves you. How do we know that Hashem loves you? Because he's giving you. He's constantly giving you. Not only he gave you life, not only he's he's constantly giving you everything, and you should see the blessings again. There's also bad things in life, and we know the purpose of the bad things, so that's also part of the giving, part of the earning system. So at the end of the day, it's in order to give you. So Hashem loves you. Yeah, that is clear. But if you want to have back a relationship, Hashem loves you, it's for sure, but if you want to have back a relationship with Hashem, and you will love Hashem, if you want that to happen, when when you use your with all your heart, with all your soul, and all of your belongings, when you're giving Hashem in every aspect of your life, you'll have an incredible relationship with Him. Okay? All the great tzaddikim that we know, they were people that dedicated their life for Hashem. They gave everything they have to Hashem. They gave everything they have to Hashem. You understand? That's how you have a relationship with Hashem, you know when you get your will when whenever Hashem tells you what to do and you do Hashem's will and you throw make God's will like your will so he will do your will like his will, meaning that's 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 giving. That's having a relationship with Hashem. Now, category number two is a relationship that a human will have between him and his spouse, right? A woman to a husband and the, a and the husband to a wife. Relationship between a husband and wife. Um, that's when, you know, that's the most probably talked. And uh, people mostly, when you talk about love and connection, we refer to the second category, right? Between a husband and a wife. So this is a big topic, obviously, and this will be one of the bigger categories. So when we talk about a husband and wife, the Torah has a very, very specific um, demand for that relationship. What do I mean? I say this a lot on Shavuot Brachas, this is a very big yesod in, in marriage. So, you know, on the way, we're getting also tips for marriage over here. So the Torah talks about husband and wife. Right by Adam and Chava, the Torah says, "Lo Adam levado." It's not good that a human should be by himself alone. Right, eselo Kenegdo. I will make him Ezer uh, Kenegdo, someone that's against and opposed to him and with him. Okay, Ezer Kenegdo. But later on, the pasuk continues and says, "There's a the different pasuk." Al Kane. therefore, Al Yazov Ish Es. A person will leave his home, like where he grew up as a, as, a, as a child. And he will go and connect with his wife. And then the Pasuk says something very interesting. And it shall become one flesh. Okay, that's what it says. What is that? It seems from the Pasuk, in a, in a simple glance, it seems to be from the Pasuk. That that the Torah is giving us kind of like the goal, the end result of marriage, meaning you're going to leave your house, and the purpose of, you know, the Torah mostly doesn't give you like the 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 reason or the goal so much. The Torah gives you commandments, right? And then you go, you can look at Sefer HaMitzvot, Rambam, or whatever. You can look it up and see more of the time of the reasonings behind the Mitzvot. But the Torah itself doesn't spell out mostly the the reason, or the purpose, or the goal. Over here, clearly, the Torah says, you leave your house, and then, and they shall become one flesh. It seems to be like, that's the reason. That's where the goal, that's where that's the destination that they need to get to. And let's explain that. And with that, we're going to drive it home at the end with Rev. Dessler, and everything will be clear. You see, I I heard this, I I call it, certain names, but this is a very famous thing from, you know, uh, people that talk about marriage. There's three categories, uh, you know, in the second category of husband and wife. We have the three categories of marriage today in the world. If you look around, look, any any marriage that you know in your life will kind of fit into one of these three categories. I call it the border, the business, and the ideal. The border means the border, like when you have a border between two countries, What is the border presenting, meaning you don't come into my territory, I don't come into your territory, you don't bother me, I don't bother you, we get along.
0: And everything's great.
1: Beautiful relationship, as long as you don't invade my country and I don't (laughs) invade yours, right? I don't go into yours. Good. Is that a nice relationship? Is that like the most ideal, great relationship either like in such love? These two countries.
0: Right, for two countries, it's it's I. Right. I mean, it's good. Yeah, no, it's solid.
1: it's a it's a relationship. Yeah, it's a relationship. Meaning, you don't come into me instead media, of being yeah. in
0: war. you'll exactly. Leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. We Everything get along. That's great. how we get yeah.
1: along. Right. You know, there was once a billboard, a huge. I heard this from my rabbi. It was a big billboard in Switzerland, and there was a picture of two people. Facing opposite directions, meaning they're back to back. And in the middle, it said that's how we get along. <laughs> okay. So there, there is a type of relationship that as long as you don't bother me, I don't bother you. That's a very basic form of a relationship, right? Okay. So that's one category of relationship between husband and wife. You don't bother me, I don't bother you. You let me live my life. I live your life. You give me your freedom, you give your freedom. You will, I will, and we get along. Now, obviously, everyone understands that's uh, that's not, that's not, that's not the the most ideal way to live. I mean, there must be something more than that. So that's why you have the second category: is the business. What is the business? Like business partners. When when if me and you are opening a company right now, it's true. Right. So we sign a contract. We make a we make a contract. Let's say you're very good at um. And at the computers, at the, at the data, and building the software for this company. And I'm a good salesman, right? So I'm doing all the sales and PR and whatever needs to be done. And you're doing the software, okay? So we have a beautiful contract between us. As long as you do your jobs. I do my jobs, right? We Each one agrees. You clean the dishes. I change the diapers. You do the thing. You take other kids to, to school. I will do this. You do the bills. I do that. You do, this, I do that, I do that right? As long as you have a contract. So they have a great li- relationship, right? The relationship could be awesome. There's a contract. Each one needs to do his job. As long as you're not violating one of those conditions, terms and conditions, we're good. Right? So in, in husband and wife, that's why I was saying dishes and diapers and stuff, right? A lot of relationships today of and in marriage are like you are doing your job, I'm doing my job. So it's a lot better than just not fighting it with each other, right? Like the border. So there's obviously things to do and they do things to each other, but it all depends on the contract. And at the end of the day, is each one needs to play his part, do his job, and that's how we get along. Now, Israel, just uh just a just a survey. What do you think most marriages in the world are like? You know, what do you what is your guess? Most of them, marriages in the world are based on like the first category or the second category? I would say I would say second. You're gonna second category. Mostly business, right?
0: Yeah. She's kind of uh, I'll give to you and you'll give to me kind of a two two-way street. Right. You know, so you know, there's a lot of you look at uh these books on big, you know, relationship experts in the non-jewish world obviously i'm talking and that's kind of you know you see the main points that they talk about is kind of you know a 2 street you know if you want tomorrow night you want your wife to allow you to go to the casino with some friends so make sure for tonight make sure to wash the dishes and do the laundry and this way she'll oh so nice okay okay i'll allow you kind of you know give to get and get to give
1: perfect example yeah going to Um, the casino you know
0: kind of like a two-way street i would say that that is that is the most uh the most common uh, relationship between husband and wife right right in the first
1: category it's Pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. I believe not, that there's I mean, some. There are, yeah. There are definitely, definitely are, a lot. But, there but is.
0: Nah, but yeah, but harder to find.
1: Meaning, a lot of I, I would say that I'll, as soon as I'm going to bring a nice, cute little story, but I'll uh, that that I experienced. But um, a lot of the relationships out there in the world, many many of them will start in the business. Then it will get worse, and it will go kind of into the first categories. Okay, fine. We'll we'll we don't want to. Destroy this relationship. So, but like, just don't bother me. I don't bother you. And they settle in that. You know, so sometimes it can start in the business and also go into the border. This is a thought I had not long ago. It's a little kiddish. But could be, I, again, I I don't know. I can't know which, how all the marriages in the world go. But, you know, the the feeling is that most people are in the middle, in the second one, right? If not yeah. in the first one. So that's the business relationship. Now, the Torah... Is demanding from us something more than that. Then that's what I call the ideal. It's something that most of the world didn't hear about, but our Torah explicitly says it right at the beginning: and Basar echad." The relationship between a husband and wife needs to be, you know what I what I how it needs to be ideally. When you get out, when you Yisrael I'll pick you. Okay, I'll pick on you a little bit. Where are you gonna go under the chuppah? It's You're gonna get married very soon. Amen. When you when you're gonna be under the chuppah, and I'm just gonna pick now a, a name of a wife of yours. Okay, if you don't mind, just for the sake of example, Yisrael and let's say Shprintzer. It's just for the. Ex- oh, okay, okay. It, it's just for the example, Israel. Okay, you mind? I mean, just her for the name. Example, won't, no. Just for the example, <laughs> her name won't be Sprinza, okay? But let's say it is Yisrael and Shprinza. <laughs> I, was just, I was
0: just thinking, what if it actually is? Her name is like Bracha Shprinza after her great grandmother, and I. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that will be a prophecy. But anyway. <laughs> but anyways, when when Yisrael when you're walking under the chuppah to get married with Sprinza, so basically, what ha- a lot of, when I say this, a lot of people like it's kind of hard to accept that at the beginning. But I'll say it anyways, I'm not afraid, because the Torah says this. When you're going on the chuppah, you basically press delete on Israel. I'm saying it a little bit harsh, but just to get the point across. There's no more Israel. Delete. You're not right. For the last 22 years, you've been raising Israel. you fed Israel. you took care of all of his needs, you ate, you enjoyed, you went to, you did your bucket list, you, oh, Yisrael, 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 right? That's what you were taking care of the last 22 years. When you're walking on the chuppah, under the chuppah, metaphorically, don't actually press delete on yourself, but metaphorically, you press delete on yourself. Boom, there's no more Yisrael. And Sprinza does the same thing. when she's walking She also to the presses
0: delete on Yisrael.
1: <laughs> no, not on Yisrael. Shprinza, for the last also 22 years of her life, was doing the same. And she presses delete on Shprinza. When you're walking under the chuppah, there's no more Yisrael. As separate, and there is no more sprinza. Separate. There is a new human that's being created there under the chuppah, called
0: Yisrael Sprinza.
1: Very good, Sprout Sprinza. You say it like fast. It's like Yisrael Sprinza. Yes, if you want, if that's a good nickname for you, go for it. That's what happens. What is the one of the brachas that you say under the chuppah? I'm
0: kind of guessing. Rabbi going to go with Yotzer HaAdam. Very good.
1: You're good, Yisrael. Baruch <laughs> Atoshe Back to life. So, so you say, one of the brothers is, Yotzer ha-dam. Hey, wait, they didn't have children yet. Children are coming later. Why are you saying created human? The humans, there is no babies. No, 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 no. It means now Yisroch Prince was was created. There's a new human that was created under that chuppah, the second. You gave the ring, you did a Kenyan. And later on, you complete the Kenyan later on. But the second you went to the chuppah, you started the Kenyan, that's when the agreement between you started. That's when the new human was created. It's a new human. That means also another big confusion is that people think that uh, we get married for children, the purpose of getting married is to have children. Mm, missed the boat, momish, missing the boat. The purpose of marriage is to complete yourself, to become his to become that complete human. That is the goal of marriage. Children are a result of it. The mitzvah of peravirivia. It's the most important. It's the, It's 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 it's. We are shut if I can. You know, we're gonna have a shear on this. It's, it's, you're being a of a partner in Maizah right? Shlosh uh, Shutfim Lola Adam, Hashem, and the two parents. It's it's an incredible thing. But before that needs to come marriage. And the purpose of marriage is to become Adam Hashem, a complete man. Yisrael, not don't take this personal. But anyone that's not married yet listening to this, don't take it personal. Nothing against you. But you're half a human. And once you get married, you become... There's more to talk about this, but in very short, you become a full human. Now, it's not enough just to get married. Anyone can get married. But to make them connected and then complete what Hashem wants to become one flesh, that ideal, the third category, of the ideal. Aha, oh, we need to get to Rav Dessler. Because there's only one way to do it. You know how you would become one flesh with your wife? Giving. Giving creates love. And that's the only way to go.
0: Even if it would only be giving without getting anything. I, obviously, you need the other side to also give. Cause it, like, like you it, said diversity. before, it works both ways. Right, but you, but the reason you're giving is not in order to get. Mm-hmm. The reason you're giving is just to give.
1: Yeah. So that's when you're going to have the connection. You know, I was once, I, I fly every summer. I think I mentioned this on the, on the series that... Uh, I fly every summer. I work in a camp in the Catskills, and so many times I have stopovers. We fly with the whole family, so we have stopovers in many countries. I've been, you know, throughout Europe and the uh, throughout all the years. It's
0: eleven twenty almost.
1: Throughout the years, and once I was, I was sitting. We had a like a long stopover in France. We were sitting there, and me and my wife, we heard this conversation. It's not that we stuck our nose in the conversation. They were right next to us. These two couples, non-Jewish uh, couples that were sitting right across of each other and they were talking. So one of the couples looked newly married. You were able to tell that they just got married and they actually mentioned in their conversation that came straight into our ears that they came to France to get married. And they were schmoozing, talking with the other couple that, uh, in the conversation, I heard that they were married like for like three years Three four years, and they're having this conversation. They're talking about marriage, and in the conversation, the couple that's married for a few more years tell the newly married uh, couple. They say, "Well, yeah," and they were they were saying it half joking, but it was also some uh, but seriousness. Half joking. it was half joking, so they were telling the newly married uh, couple, "Well, enjoy it now." because it just goes down the hill from now and on. And me and my wife like look at each other when we heard this line. And um, I know he's half joking, but there is a very big truth in it, and that's horrible. According to Robert Dessler, it should be exactly the opposite. When you first get married to your wife, so you, you have barely some... barely gave her anything. Barely gave, you have somewhat connection. But 10 years into your marriage... Your wife was sick. You went out of your way. You bought, she was pregnant and she needed something and you supported her. You supported her mainly emotionally. It's more, it's not buying her things all day. Of course, you need to buy her and treat her, but it's being there for real, being there for her and supporting her. And she was giving you your space and supporting you and caring about you and help, backing you up with whatever um, help you needed emotionally, physically, whatever you needed, and vice versa. And You were just busy giving and giving this last 10 years. So in 10 years into your marriage, you're supposed to look back and say, (laughs) you're supposed to laugh and say, that was love. That was a joke compared to today. And in 20 years, they should look back and even laugh more. According to Dessler, it's exactly the opposite of what that couple in France were saying to the other couple, it shouldn't go down the hill. Now, of course. It's hard work. We're saying the ideal is the hardest out of the three categories. Out of the three categories, of course, the border is you don't do much. The business, you actually need to do something. You know, has this, this thing. There's different opinions on it. Like if you should have like assignment jobs. Some couples have like assigned jobs. You do the diapers on the Monday and Tuesday. Personally, I heard this from my rabbi. We, we don't have like official announced charts and jobs. That's We're not in the business Category according to the Torah, you want to do everything, and she wants to do everything. So, I me, mean, male like it happens, it should happen naturally. Like, okay, I'm gonna, I really want to do, it, but it's, it's just not possible for me to do this and, and to work and to bring parnasa and everything and also change that person. Obviously, it doesn't work. So, you see, it's just a matter of a different. It's just a matter of a different mindset, and that's what matters, and that brings you into the world of ideal. So, when you get married, and you. Your direction is towards the idea of, of course, there's a lot of levels in it, right? There's people that, a little bit, and you build it and build it. Giving creates love. The more you give, you'll create love. Okay, and now to the third category, the third category of parents and children, which the reason why I put them in the same category, it's because parents and children is the same thing, just in the opposite direction, (laughs) it's the same thing. There's
0: always a parent and a child involved in this relationship. Sometimes you might be the parent, sometimes you'll be the child. But it's always a parent mm -hmm. and a child in this relationship.
1: Exactly. Every child, hopefully, Bezrat Hashem, will be a parent. And every parent, hopefully, Bezrat Hashem, has children. That's why I put them in the same category of that relationship that you have. Because it's kind of the same relationship. The relationship that you have with your parents, I know I'm, I'm hitting on a very, unfortunately today it's almost a painful topic to talk about, a relationship between children and their parents. Unfortunately, in many cases today, by many, many stories, Berkshire, there's a lot of great people out there in the world, but unfortunately there are so many stories that I hear of terrible relationships between children and their parents, and I just need to say a quick idea on this. um. You know, we have a mitzvah in the Torah of Kabbalah Savich The reason why the Torah needs to give a commandment to honor your parents, not only that, you know where it is? It's in the Ten Commandments. It's in the biggest yesod that the whole Torah comes out of it. It's there don't in the kill, top, 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 top. Believe don't in kill, don't steal. God
0: and respect your parents.
1: Respect your parents and keep the Sabbath. Respect your parents. Why is it such a big deal? So, again, that goes also beyond... Why is it such a big deal? But for our point, you know, since parents, when a mother is carrying a child and she's giving birth, Mimela, inevitably, she's giving. A father, even the father, he had to wake up at night, hopefully. He wakes up at night for the baby, and he's going, he's buying him stuff, and he's supporting the kid, right? And he's getting getting him what he needs. He's teaching him how to ride a bike. He's, you know, giving. So, parents inevitably are givers. Hopefully, again, if they're doing the decent job of parents, but even if they're not the greatest parents in the world, they're still involved in giving. So, it's not a chidush for the parents to love their children. That's pretty simple because they're giving. And according to Rav Dessler, giving creates love. So, the parents, pretty much easy for the parents to love their child. What I see my children, oh, you're cute, and you, and you want to eat them up. They're so delicious, right? It's so easy because you know why? Because you're Central giving, desert, you're giving, and giving. You're and giving, giving. And giving. A mother, a mother loves her child. It's so. Why is it in the nature? Why is it in the nature? Because she's giving. I heard extreme stories that later on, when the children were really, really annoying, there were parents that said that they have a hard time connecting to their children. It's a terrible situation to be in. That means that all the natural giving that the mother gave him was overrided but such by by such egoism. I think it has to do with a lot with the parents being very egoistic. But that's a topic on its own. Why does the Torah need to command you to love to honor your parents? Because naturally you're not giving to your parents. Uh-huh. We <laughs> some some people will hear this episode and say, "Yeah, da." Like obviously my parents are there to give me money, food, drive me to school.
0: This right, but it we would need... just be stupid to take money from them and then buy them something with that money, so I'm gonna buy myself something. Who
1: said you need to buy your parents something with their money? Just by respect, just by listening, just by um you know accepting from them, just by thinking them, just by thinking about them, just by you know helping them in the house um just by. Chatting with them, being open with them, having good conversations with them is giving. You're giving. You're give, that's when you're giving to your parents. When you see your father, a goody-goody kid giving him a cup of water, you're you're honoring. You're giving. That's giving to your father. What's more, uh, you know, me as a as a parent, I'm telling you, what's more than just my child being happy, being open with me, having a good relationship, we can have good times together. That's already giving me. It does. It does. Giving your parents need to be commanded because naturally you don't give. I once heard a nice explanation that Adam right? He didn't have parents, right? He's the only one that didn't have parents, right? So he couldn't, the commandments all really started, the Torah really started about Adam but he didn't have uh, uh, parents, Right? So we don't have natural, everything is inherited like we, right? So we don't have from Adam Arishon that natural, natural thing to honor parents because Adam Arishon, which everything comes from him, Hashem had to command us because we don't have it deep in our DNA. Interesting, nice, just as a side point. That's love and relationship. So now by you giving your parents, that's the only way you can love your parents. Giving your children, you see why now Comes that naturally. was in the same category. Comes naturally. And that's why you love your children, because you're giving them. But it, don't forget, the other way around, if you want to love your parents, you'll have to give. Next category is you and your surrounding. That's pretty simple, straightforward. You know who people love? I mean, the bullying class no one loves, right? Why? Not only because he's bullying, because he he's, he's, he doesn't care much about you. He's not He, he giving. takes from you. Exactly. He's taking your soul, right? He's out there to get you. And obviously, you won't, no one will have a good relationship with him. He doesn't have, in fact, bullies don't have good relationships, believe it or not. Why? Because they're not out there giving. Think about it. It's scary, unfortunately, to be in that situation. So in any situation you are in life, rather if it's your work, if, if in work, if it's your neighbors or anything, if you want to have a good relationship with people, you want to be close to people. You want to be close to your surrounding. You want to be close to your colleagues. You want to be close to your friends in yeshiva, right? The only way to do it is to give. Now, again, giving is not only physical things. When you are listening to a friend's problems, your friend had a horrible day and he's having, he's going through a, a really bad situation. And you just sit there and you dedicate an hour of your time, of your life, just to be there for him and listen to him. That's giving. That's giving. And you're gonna have a better relationship with that person. And evidently that's what's gonna happen because the law is giving creates love. Now, that brings us to the fifth one. And the reason if you remember at the beginning I told you to hold your fingers and the thumb was on the top and the pinky is on the bottom and the last category, like we said before, the last category is the relationship between you and yourself. You and yourself. Now, why do I put it on the bottom? Because that's kind of the foundation. If you don't have a good relationship with yourself, you won't, have, you won't be able to have a relationship not with God, not with your wife, not with your parents and children, not with your surrounding. That's why I kind of like, again, this is like I just made up this. Order, But just to add this point, how important it is to have a good relationship with yourself, all the other relationships stand on that. Why? What does it mean to have a relationship with yourself? To have a relationship with yourself is, first of all, on the basic level. Again, I'm saying it, talking to myself, we all struggle with this, giving yourself good sleep, good health, good food, being healthy, being clear in mind.
0: uh, I think I... Kind of asked us at the beginning, I'll ask it again now that Mm -hmm. uh, we got to this topic, but we said that you need the two sides to give each other. Between you and yourself, what are these two things that each one of them is giving the other?
1: Very good. Excellent question. So over here, there is two things, believe it or not. You know how people use the phrase, he's disconnected from himself, or he's disconnected from reality. Disconnected. That means there is your your ideal, like where you want to be, right? And there is what you are actually doing. You know, one of the things that brings to depression today, they explain, is when you don't meet your expectations. You had expectations. You wanted to be successful A, B, and C. You wanted, when you were 30, to have already a company. You had this life dream. And once it totally failed and you're in the opposite situation, let's say, that brings you into depression when you don't reach your expectations, right? When you reach your expectation, it actually brings you happiness. So that's the two parts of you. There is what you want to do, the ideal, right? Whatever the ideal is, again, a person with values of Torah, his ideal is like to be close to Hashem, to do the right thing, to be a good person, right? That's the one part over here the other part is what you're actually doing right if a guy is doing terrible things he's drugs he's destroying his body he's destroying his mind destroying his relationship destroying his his life destroying his career with bad things he's doing when a person is doing that that he has two humans in him. that is ruining his expectations where he really wants to be so you see the two people over here within you There is two things. There is where you what are you doing? Where are you actually doing? As where and where you want to be. So if so, obviously the good relationship. If you want to connect those two together, meaning what you're doing and where you want to be, which are two different people. We all have dreams. You have dreams, right? So that's a different person. (laughs) That was not born yet. That is rawl. Let's say a person has a dream to be a rosh hashiva, right? That dream that rosh hashiva is not born yet. You need to get to there. And it's in every aspect of our life. And if you have a good relationship with yourself, you bring those two together. And how? So first it starts with, with simply your body, right? Having a healthy body obviously will bring you closer and won't distract distract you from life, right? Won't destroy you and not bring you and, and further you away from where you want to be, the ideal place for you that's that goes almost without saying, unfortunately, we all struggle with it. The second thing is in your nephish in your emotion- emotionally and mentally that is a big bummer for having a good relationship with yourself. A person that is struggling terribly emotionally right he has emotional problems, he's struggling tremendously with some trauma and things like that. He won't have a good relationship with yourself. He can't give himself. He cannot get to where he wants to be. Right? Again, we're all talking about good things, obviously, where the ideal things to get to. He won't get there because he's not connected. He's separated from that who he wants to be. So, obviously, if you want to have a good relationship, you need to take care of your body. You need to take care of your your, your, nefesh, your emotions, all of your Emotional problems and third thing I'm saying simple things body emotions and you're shaman. and your spiritual and your spiritual being when you're taking care of your spiritual part of you then you're obviously getting more clarity in life you're more you have a more purpose in life and you're getting more to the ideal in your life right and that's when you're going to be connected more to yourself not disconnected How do you do that? How do you do that? Let's let's drive it home with Rabbi Dessler. Rabbi Dessler says, Giving creates love. There's one tool that you can use to start, have a good relationship with yourself. Relationship in these three aspects that we said, with a healthy body, with healthy emotions, healthy spiritually, is by giving. Give yourself sleep. Give yourself the food you need. Give yourself the, if a person is hurt, or things like that, give it the attention, and take care of it what you need. Give it the therapy it needs or whatever it needs. And give yourself the Torah. Give yourself the fulfillment, the the purpose in your life. When you're going and doing the right thing, that's when you're giving to yourself. And you're going to have an incredible relationship with yourself. You're going to be so comfortable with yourself. You're not going to go into depression. Again, I'm not talking about things that are mamash, clinical, and uh, um, are, you know, medical Things but again, in in our cochus, whatever we can help ourselves, of course, we need to go and give ourselves and that way you're gonna have a relationship with yourself. You have a relationship with yourself, you have a relationship with your surrounding, your parents and children, with your wife and with Hashem. We should uh, will end up with a you know, like a like a bracha, like we try that we should and all these five categories of relationships in our life, we should hopefully Uh, be successful by giving and making ourselves more of a giving person so we could have love and connection in all these five categories.
0: So that is it for today. Hope you were able to learn something new. Hope you were able to put something in your pocket for life, as we like to say here on the Foundations Podcast. Hope you all had a wonderful Hanukkah. Thank you very much for listening. Have a wonderful day and see you again next week.